Welcome to the Exchange Church Podcast. For more information on the Exchange Church, go to IamTheExchange.com. Have you ever listened to a song and thought to yourself, man, that would preach? We did too. The following series is entitled Bible in the Billboards. Today's message is by one of our executive pastors, Kevin Kelts. excited about a word from the Lord? Listen, one word from God will change your life forever, right? And I'm excited about this word. Um, I'm excited about having my mom and dad, Kelly and Penny Kelts, all the way from Roaring Springs, Texas. Can you give them a hand this morning? <laughs> woo! Woo doggies, as we say in Roaring Springs. Um, this is uh, my, my mom and dad who raised me up in the way of the Lord. They're not perfect people, but they love God with all their heart, and they, they made an impact on me my whole life. And I, I strayed a little bit from, from that uh, raising when I was uh, a young adult, and, but the power of praying parents, I'm telling you, brought me to the place that I am today, and so I just want to honor them and tell you guys that I love you, and it's exciting to have you guys today. Uh, if you brought your Bibles, go ahead and get them out and turn to First Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter 14. I'm going to ask everybody to stand this morning for the reading of the Word of God. We've been going through a sermon series called Bible in the Billboards, and so at some time in the sermon this morning, there is going to be a song from the Billboards, and Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. It's going to be a surprise. If you pick up on something, maybe you know, uh, you're kind of like, I think I know what the song, get on Facebook uh, and and tweet it. In fact, if you haven't checked in this morning on Facebook, go ahead and and check in uh, here at the exchange. But um, there's going to be a song coming, and I want you guys to sing along with me when it gets there. But we're going to look at this awesome passage of Scripture in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, and we'll put it up on the sky Bible for you. The Word of God says this, Now when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all, everybody say all, all, all the Philistines went up to search for David. Okay, you have to understand who are the Philistines. That is the enemy of David. That is the enemy of God. That's the enemy of God's people. They worshiped a different God. They stood for a different kingdom. And so they hear that David is in the middle of God's will. And so they go to stop this, okay? And it says, and David heard of it and went out against them. Verse 9 says this, Then the Philistines, that's the enemy, went and made a raid on the valley of Raphael, and David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to them, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. Verse 11, So they went up to bel Parasim, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through. Everybody say, broken through. Come on, say broken through. God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough. Somebody say breakthrough. Come on, say breakthrough like you need a breakthrough. There you go. Breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of that place Bel Parasim. 
Let's pray this morning. Father, this morning, I thank you for the power of your word, Lord. I just want to let you know again, I love you, and I thank you so much for the ability to preach and to teach. I thank you for giving me the opportunity this morning to have entrance into the hearts of your people. And God, I believe that you sent me here with a specific assignment, and I ask that you use my mouth this morning as your instrument to be able to do your will. Holy Spirit, I ask that you help me this morning to unpackage and deliver the prophetic prophetic word of the Lord. Our prayer this morning, God, is for nothing less than transformation. We pray that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind, and Holy Spirit, we ask that you would release something inside of us that would cause an eternal response, and we ask this this morning in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. 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 You can be seated. All right, so we're looking at this this passage of Scripture this morning, and and as I was praying for the exchange this morning, uh, or this last week, I said, God, give me a word. I want to have your now word for the exchange, and God began able to open up this this passage of Scripture for me, and the word that he said is, he said, tell my people it's time to elevate. Look at your neighbor, say elevate. 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 And, And I said, God, what does that mean for us as a people to elevate? And, and more specifically, that means it's us breaking through. Everybody say breakthrough. breakthrough. It's us breaking through to new levels in our life. Okay, that's what elevate means. And so God says this morning, it's time to elevate. It's time to break through to new levels in life. And, and as, I, as I look at this story, I believe I have a word from God that's going to be able to show you how to take you from where you're at right now, wherever, you're, wherever place that you're at, and get you to the next level that God wants you to be, to be. And when I look at the story, I see David is right in the middle of God's plan for his life. God's plan was for him to be the king of his people, to restore his nation back to himself, and he's going to use David as a king to do that. And so David is on the path. He is doing what God wants him to do. He's chasing God's dream. And immediately the Bible says, when the Philistines heard, that's the enemy. When the enemy heard, they came against David, okay? They put up, uh, they had their own assignment to be able to stop. There was a resistance to whatever David was doing in his life. And I want to let you know right off the bat, whenever you start to follow God's plan and God's will for your life, there is always going to be resistance. You need to expect that. You don't need to be surprised by that. Can I tell you this? Resistance, when you face, you you hear God's will for your life, you start going after that. When you face resistance, it's not a sign that something's going wrong. It's a sign that something's going right. Amen? Right? David is chasing God's dream and God's destiny for his life. Amen? And immediately, he, he faces, he gets resistance. Does that mean he's doing something wrong, or does it mean he's doing something right? We have to train our minds. We have to change our minds. To, to, when we see resistance, almost it is a signpost that says, you are doing something right. Right? But that's not how we do a lot. The, a lot of people that I've noticed in Christianity, the moment that we start to face any type of resistance, we take it as a sign that something's gone wrong. God, where are you? I must be doing something wrong. I'm facing resistance. And what happens is when you face resistance, doubt comes in and it starts to take the place where faith is supposed to be. 
Doubt starts to come into our mind. Verse 9 says, The Philistines went and made a raid on the valley of Raphaim. And David inquired of God. Verse 8 says, And David heard that there was resistance coming against him, and he went out and he faced it. And that's what the people of God are supposed to do. Amen? Come on. We're warriors. We're not, we're not sissies. Right? We have the power of God. We have the spirit of God inside of us. And we will face that resistance head on. And so in verse 9 it says the Philistines went and made a raid. Okay? They went and made a raid on the, the enemy made a raid. And, and in verse 10, David inquired of God saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. And so they went up to Bel Perasim, and David defeated them there. And David said, God has broken through my enemies like a breakthrough of water. He's saying that God has made a breakthrough in our lives. It, he, he's, he's, he says it's like a breakthrough of water. It's like, you know, we have a, a dam that, that dams up the water, and all of a sudden, if, it, if there's ever a place where the dam starts to break and the water starts to flow through, he's saying, that's what, it like. that's what, it, that's what it's like. He's, he, he's, he's saying, I felt resistance. Does anybody feel resistance in your life right now? Are you in a place, you're like, man, uh, you can even associate this morning with what Elena was saying, like I'm in a difficult place of my life, a place that I've never been, a season that I've never been. I'm telling you, God spoke to me and said, Pastor Kevin, tell my people they're about to have a breakthrough, that the sign of this ultimate resistance is a sign that there's about to be a breakthrough, so don't give up. Don't give in. I heard God say that many people have been growing weary because it seems to be so much resistance, but you feel like certain things in your life have been held back for so long, but God says, just like David, come on somebody, my power is with you. I am with you, and I am about to break through. It's about to be a season of breakthrough, and you are going to elevate. Is anybody else excited about that but me? I'm excited about that. And so you start to say, well, Pastor Kevin, how is that going to, how is that going to work? How's it going to work out? I I was thinking about, um, has anybody ever used an electric drill before? And you get this, this drill. I, I can remember many times when I was a kid and my dad, he's always working with his hands. He's always working on a project. And, and we would use a drill. And a lot of times you use a drill on wood. And so you, 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 know, you start to press on that wood and there's resistance there. And you're pushing and pushing and pushing. And when you all get to the other end of the wood, there's like a breakthrough. And, if, and then there's no more resistance. And that's a great thing. Have you ever drilled through metal before, though? Have you ever drilled through metal it's, it's really difficult. Like, I've, I've, me and my dad, I've, I've helped him do that before. And, and you start drilling, and it, it's a, a lot more patient of a task. Uh, you have to pour oil down there because it starts to get hot, and it'll, it will start to ruin your drill bit, and you're pushing. And I can remember helping my dad before, and we were pushing and pushing. I thought, this, we're not even doing anything. I mean, it was a long time before one of those little screwy things came up, and I was like, this is not even working. Like, what are we doing? And, and you have so much resistance, and everything inside of you says, stop. This is dumb. You're going you're gonna to ruin the equipment. You're going to ruin the drill bit. Your dad doesn't know what he's talking about. This was stupid. But you only drill through wood, not, not, not metal. And then all of a sudden, boom, you break through. That's what it felt like. That's what it's about to feel like for you. That's what it felt like for David. That's where he was at. There was so much resistance. But that breakthrough is so, so awesome. It reminds me of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, where the word of God says, And let us not lose heart. 
Come on, somebody. Let us not grow weary and faint and acting nobly and doing right for in due time and at the appointed season, we, we will break through. We will reap if we don't loosen and relax our courage and faint not. So I tell you today, exchange church. Don't give up. Come on. Don't give up. Don't grow weary. Keep drilling. Right? Keep on going. Keep moving forward. I know you feel resistance and you feel this constant resistance, but remember that God is with us. His power is in us, and we're going to break through like a mighty breakthrough of water. Now, there's two keys this morning. Because I... I don't like it when a, when a pastor gives you a word and it's like, well, 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 that's going to happen, but they don't tell you how it's going to happen. You ever been frustrated before? Like, man, okay, that's ex- I'm excited about this, pastor, but how is this going to unfold? How is this going to work out? Two simple points today. Two simple points, and we find this. I'll put the, the scripture up on the Sky Bible for you today. In James chapter 2, verse 14 The Word of God tells us these very two simple keys that it's going to take for us to be able to break through, to break through, to break through. James chapter 2, verse 14 says this, What does it profit, my brothers, if someone says he has faith? Everybody say faith. Faith. Come on, say faith. faith. He says, what does it profit anybody if you say that you have faith? That's the first thing that we're going to talk about. But then he says, but you don't have works. Everybody say works. If you're taking notes, write those down. Faith and works. Faith and works. He says, can faith save him? If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food. So think about somebody that you're in a relationship. Think about a friend of yours from church and you see them on the road and they don't have any clothes. They don't have any food. They're dying on the side of the road. He says, and you look at them and you go, hey, depart in peace and be warmed and filled. But you don't give them anything which are needed for the body. You don't go and help them get some food. You don't go and go and clothe them. You just say these words to them. Verse 17, he says, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself does not, if it doesn't have works, it's called dead faith. Everybody say dead faith. So there's such a thing as faith, and there's such a thing as dead faith. In other words, dead faith Faith without works is not going to produce anything. It's not going to change anybody's life. Listen, nothing changes if nothing changes. Do y'all get that? You got to step out in faith and you got to do something. Verse 18 says, but someone will say to you, you have faith. Okay, you just had those words. Hey, brother, oh, it's good to see you. Do well. He says, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the, believe, even the demons believe that there's a God, and they tremble. Verse 20, but do you not know, O foolish man, faith without works. Everybody say faith. faith. Without works. Say works. works. Is dead. And verse 26 goes on to say, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. These are the two keys, guys. If you're ready to break through, if you're ready, you say, yes, this is the season. Pastor Kevin, I believe this is the word of the Lord for me. You need to write these two things down, and this is what we're going to do. Faith and works. You see, faith means that we have to believe God for whatever that he says. But let me go a little step further, because I just told you that you have to have faith, but I hate it when a pastor tells you that you have to have faith, and they don't tell you how to have faith. 
right? You're like, okay, so you're saying I need to have faith. That means I probably don't have faith. How do I have faith? I'm glad that you asked this morning. How do you have faith? We're going to go back to the story that we started with with David. Okay, David's a picture of you and me. We're, tr- we're, we're saying, God, we want to do your plan. We want to do your will. We're, we're right in the middle of God's will for our life. We're chasing God's dream. And it says right here in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 9, it says, Then the Philistines went and made a raid on the valley of Raphim. So he's facing resistance, going towards what God has for his life. And it says, And David inquired of God. David, the first thing he did when he's facing resistance is he inquired of God. He asked God. He went to God. Very simply, he said, what's your plan? Do you want me to go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? All this takes place. We skip forward in the story just a little bit into verse 13, and it says the Philistines once again make a raid, another raid, And the first thing that David does again is he inquires of God. I want you to notice that David inquired of God. You see, this is the key to having faith. If you're facing resistance, you need a word from God. How do you have faith? You ask God. The moment that you get a word from God, at that moment you have faith. It's really simple. You have to get a word from God. David asks, shall I go? What do you want me to do? And the Bible says that God spoke to him. He asked for a word. God gives him a word for the resistance that he's facing in his life. And at that moment, he's got faith. He didn't have faith. He's facing resistance. Doubt has set in. He inquires of God, he gets a word from the Lord, and at that moment, he's got faith. It's that simple. The answer is not complicated at all. The way that you have faith is that you ask God. You see, we're, we're not in our lives supposed to go through as Christians on assumptions. Uh, you don't have to, to dream things up or conjure things up. It's as simple as just go to God, ask God, and you'll have faith. If you're dealing with a situation and facing resistance this morning in your marriage, it's time to go to God. And this morning, I believe even here in the assembling of the believers that God will give you a word for your marriage this morning. I mean, if you're facing a place in your life where there's resistance with your children. You need a word of God from your kids this morning. And I believe here this morning, God will give you a word for what you need to do in the situation with your kids. And when you get that word at that moment, you got faith to do everything you need to do. How do you have faith? You ask. And the moment God gives you the word, you have faith faith. Just look at the story about David in 1 Chronicles chapter 14. He's doing God's will. He faces major resistance. And we all know that when we face that resistance, doubt starts to come in. You start to have these thoughts to come in your head that maybe, well, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. This, this happens in marriage, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many, how many marriage services I've officiated 
And, you know, we go in there and the, the, the couple is happy and they're excited. And in the first couple months, things are going good. Pastor, thank you so much. Thank you for, for praying for me, brother. Man, I just, I'm blessed, you know. I'm, I, I got this beautiful wife and, and she's the love of my life. And, oh, man, it's just so awesome. I, I'm just so much in love. And I'm, I can't believe I'm right in the middle of God's will for my life, Pastor. Like, man, that's awesome. And then the first fight hits, right? Got into a fight over finance. It's always finances usually. Why'd you do this? Why'd you spend that? Get into a fight. Well, you know what? You know what? You're not even sleep. You're going to sleep on the couch. You spend the first night on the couch, and the next morning I get a phone call talking about, Pastor, man, I made a mistake, man. I think I married the wrong woman. I'm just telling you, I'm in a desert, barren wasteland. I mean, I saved the receipt. Can I get an exchange? What can I get out of this thing? It's like, see, you faced a little resistance, and where faith is supposed to be, doubt has set in. And that resistance, I told you earlier, is not a sign that something's going wrong. It's a sign that something's going right. And so what do you need? You don't need to get a divorce. You need a word from God. And at that moment you get a word from God, you understand that you are blessed and highly favored. You're right in the middle of this marriage that has everything that you need inside of it. You don't need a divorce. You need that faith. And once you get that word from God, that faith arises inside of you and you overcome what you were going through. Man, I see this happening in jobs. Oh, pastor, man, you just won't even believe. We prayed. I got the job of a lifetime. I'm so blessed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm in this job. It's amazing. Pastor, you won't believe this. I just got an unexpected bonus in my check. I love my job. I'm in the middle of God's will. That's one week. The next week, I get a phone call. Oh, pastor. Oh, man, my boss got mad at me, and then there's this lady at work. She's spreading gossip about me, and I just made a mistake. I'm not even in the right place. Can you help me get out of this job? What happened? You face resistance, and the moment resistance comes, that should be a signpost to you that something's not wrong, that something's right. But all of a sudden, where you had faith before, doubt sets in, and you are in need of faith. You need a word from God for your job. And God, if you'll reach out to him, the moment you hear his word, you have faith and you understand, I don't need to quit my job. I need to stay here because God has me here for such a time as this. Oh, this happens at church. Oh, man, I can't tell you how many times. We won't talk about this church. We'll talk about I've been at uh, several churches, and I've seen people come in. No, let's talk about the exchange. <laughs> I've seen people come to exchange. Oh, man. This is, uh, I just, we found our tribe, Pastor. We found our people. We're so glad God has raised up this church, and we're supposed to be here. And we just, and, and let me just tell you something. If you stick around here chasing God's dream for your life, and God has you right here, right smack dab in the middle of his will, at some point, we're going to offend you. At some point, something's going to happen. We're not going to meet a certain expectation. Something's going to happen, and we won't send flowers. There will be a miscommunication. Somehow, some way, we will fail you. And before it was, you were telling your friends, come, man, come to the exchange. It's awesome. It's awesome. Now you're talking to your friends. Man, I will never go to that church again. 
because I'm telling you, I met people out in the world that don't even believe in God that are nicer than those hypocrites in there. I'm telling you, I need to find me a church that don't even have hypocrites. And listen, 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 listen. You're never going to find a church that don't have any hypocrites. I saw a picture on Facebook the other day that said, if you don't go to church because there's hypocrites there, that's like you not going to the gym because of all the people that are out of shape. It doesn't make any sense. We're all on a journey. We're all out of shape some way in our spiritual walk. And somehow, some way, we're going to offend each other. Listen, listen, have you ever gotten mad at your neighbor before? Yes. Did you move? No. Right? What happened is you face some resistance. You're in the middle of God's will for your life. It should not be a sign to you that you're in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing. It should not be a sign to you that something's wrong. It should be a sign to you that something's right should be a, a signpost that says, keep going this way. You're doing something right. That's why you're facing resistance. And right now, doubt has set in where faith should be. You're in need of faith. How do you get faith? Get a word from God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need a word from God. And so how do you get that word from God? Guys, can I tell you? It's as simple as this, just setting aside some time to hear him. Right? You did it this morning. You set aside some time on Sunday, the first day of the week, to be able to come here in the assembly of God's people, and you are getting a word from God this morning. I'm telling you, some of you, I see light bulbs going off, going, man, I thought I was going the wrong way. I've just been facing resistance. You got a word from God, and all of a sudden, you're not going to quit on your marriage. You're not going to quit on your kid. You're not going to quit on your job. You're not going to move from your house. Come on, somebody. You got a word from God this morning, and faith is starting to arise. That's how you get faith. Right? And it starts to come in. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So what is something that's simple that you could do this week to be able to move forward in God's plan for your life and to break through? God said it's time for us to elevate, to break through to new levels. Just set aside some time this week. Right? Have some time tomorrow where you say, God, I'm just going to, this is going to be five minutes for me and you. I'm going to turn on some worship music, speak to my heart. And ask him specifically, I'm dealing with this area with my teenager right now, God. Would you just speak to me? Speak to me your heart. Once you get a word. I mean, just put some worship music on. Have, have some time. Elena was preaching my message this morning. She said, I, I got up this last week. Didn't even want to. Didn't even feel like it. But I set aside some time and I read a proverb every day and something happened. I'll tell you what happened. Faith took the place of doubt. And all of a sudden, faith started to rise up. Situation hasn't changed. But it's an, it's, it's an Elena that's walking now in the middle of her situation, walking towards that breakthrough, but still manifesting God's kingdom. The Bible tells us what God's kingdom is. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, manifesting it at her job, manifesting it in her family, manifesting his kingdom come on this earth in the middle of resistance. But if all you have is doubt, you won't do that, right? So you got to have faith. The faith has to, to rise up in, inside of you. Now listen, can I tell you that faith, 
I put this in my notes, and I don't want to forget about this. Faith is not a blind leap. All right, I don't know what a pastor said that first, but that, that should have never been said. Faith is not a blind leap. Psalms 119 verse 105 says this. Your word, what are we talking about this morning? You need faith. How to get faith to get a word from God. So your word, his word, he says, is a lamp into my feet. It's a light into my path. All right? Once you receive a word from God, your path is not hidden from you. The next step is illuminated. It's not a blind leap. It's not like you're walking around going, oh, God, I don't know what to do. Okay, maybe go over here. No, 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 no. God will speak to you, and he'll tell you exactly what you're supposed to do. Faith is not a blind step. It's the word of the Lord, and we must come to a place where we start taking steps on an illuminated path. Amen? There's something in this story that's always bugged me. I've studied this story several times in 1 Chronicles chapter 14. It's at the very end of the story that has just always uh, bamboozled me, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm reading this, and, and what I want you to understand, the story in 1 Chronicles 14 is recorded there, but the exact same story is recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 5, Okay? And so I'm going to read that to you. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20 says this. So David went to Baal Perasim. Okay, we heard the story about what's happened there. I read it to you earlier. And it says, and David defeated the Philistines. He defeated the enemy there. And he said, the Lord. The exact translation of that is Jehovah. So he says this, Jehovah has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. We read that in the other passage, right? Everybody say breakthrough. So he says, Jehovah, the one true God, has given me this victory, has broken through, right? That's who he gives the credit to. And then this is what blows my mind. It says, therefore he, David, called the name of the place bel Perasim." This is what has always bugged me. Because the word Perazim, it means breakthrough. Okay? And so... At all, like, why did he name it? Why did he name it Jehovah Perasim? Like, the Lord has broken through. Why did he name it Bel Perasim? I was like, man, this is just, this is messing with me. I don't understand. So I had to go and dig a little bit deeper to see what was going on. And I found out this. Before he called it Bel Perasim, this place was called Mount Bel. Understand the Philistines believed in a false god. They worshipped a false god named Bel. And this place is where it was their pinnacle. It was where they put, the enemy put their temple. This is where they went to worship. This is their high place. This was the place where they felt the most strongest. The enemy felt the most securest. This is the place where the enemy went. This is why the Philistines went there because they felt that they were so strong and powerful there that nothing could beat them. This was their, their high place. And what happens is when the Philistines gather there, David comes in and God gives him the victory. He breaks through and listen, everybody say completely. 
He completely destroys the enemy there. He completely defeats him. And so Bel Parasim doesn't mean this is the place where Bel broke through. Listen to this. The exact translation, when people would come and even see a sign that David puts up, it would say, this is the place where Bel was broken through. They would understand when they read it, this is the place where the enemy was the strongest in my life, and this is the place where God gave me the victory and broke through. And I came here with a prophetic word for you today. You're here today and God says to you the places in your life where it looks like the enemy has been the strongest and has had the most hold on your life. God says is the place I'm about to break through. Come on somebody. Come on. A quiet church is a dead church. This ain't a dead church. Let me say it again. God says the places where it seems the enemy has been the strongest in your life, he's about to break through. Listen been teaching a class on Wednesday nights and we've been talking about understanding a better covenant. We live in the new covenant now. It's not an addendum to the old covenant. It is a completely new covenant that was established by what Jesus Christ did on the cross over 2,000 years ago. And what I think we as the church, many Christians don't understand is that 2,000 years ago, the enemy was completely defeated. I hear a lot of Christians going around talking about, oh man, we're just in a, we're in a battle with the enemy. We, we need to get into spiritual warfare. In this covenant, God is not concerned with spiritual warfare, it's spiritual conquest. Because the enemy has no power at all. The enemy has been completely defeated. Can I tell you, there's nothing that you can do now on the other side of the cross to add to what Jesus did. I'm not getting a lot of amens right there because there's something that the enemy has come in and still lied to us and says, I still have power. I still can cause sickness. I still can ruin relationships. He has no power to do any of that stuff. He comes through lies and deceit. If you believe that he has power, you'll think that he does and you'll act like he does. But I'm telling you this morning, 2,000 years ago, the kingdom of Satan was completely and totally obliterated. I'm telling you, you can go and read. There's a promise that God makes in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, and he says, I promise you that I will crush your head to Satan with my son. And I'm telling you, that happened on the cross 2,000 years today. The devil lost all. Everybody say all. All of his authority, he lost all. Everybody say all. All of his power, his kingdom came completely crashing down, and he was permanently disabled by what Jesus Christ did on the cross through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Totally. Completely. Listen, can I tell you, in the battle, there was no battle. Okay? It's like there's a, you say, well, there is a battle between light and dark. Okay? Walk into a dark room that's completely pitch black and turn the light on. Is there a battle there? No. That's how powerful Jesus is. There wasn't even a fight. There wasn't even anything that the enemy could do. Let me just tell you, this is the reason that the apostle John tells us now that greater is he that is in you Come on, somebody, then he that is in this world, some of us have been deceived. The battle is already being run. Listen, I, I, I want to read to you Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, and the apostle Paul vividly portrays Jesus' victory over Satan, and this is what he said. He says, through the death, burial, and resurrection, this is what he did, having spoiled, everybody say spoiled, 
principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. This is describing what happened through the, the cross, okay? And I think we've read this scripture before, but we don't get the impact. So let me just take just a second to, to break this passage of scripture down for you. Everybody say spoiled. spoiled. This is taken from a Greek word. That's really hard for me to explain to you. If you want me to spell it for you later, I will, okay? But it refers to this. That word literally means it's the act of stripping one's garment off to the point of complete nakedness. This is what Jesus Christ did to the devil. It it, it would be, a better translation would be, he completely stripped all power and authority from Satan's kingdom and left them utterly naked with nothing left at their disposal to retaliate. That's what our enemy looks like. I don't know what, in your mind, what you think the enemy looks like. But this is what the Bible tells me he looks like. Paul then goes on to tell us that Jesus didn't stop with his mission to completely strip the enemy completely naked of all power and all authority. But then he throws the biggest party the universe has ever seen in heaven when it says, and then he made a show of them openly. The word show is the Greek Greek word digtismizo. And it literally means to display or to expose something. It was used in classical Greek writings, writings, listen to this, to denote and display captives, weaponry, and trophies that were seized during a war on foreign soil. Let me read this to you. Once the war was over, back when this was written, and the battle was won, the reigning king would return home victoriously, completely victorious, and he would expose the treasures, the trophies, the weaponry, the captives that he had seized in the war. This was a grand moment of celebration for the king and a very humiliating experience for the defunct foe. And think about this. This is what the Holy Spirit is telling us happened 2,000 years ago. Satan's kingdom was completely crumbled. And not only that, Jesus made a parade in heaven when he finished plundering the enemy. So this is what happened. When he resurrected, when it was complete, the enemy was stripped bare to the core. Jesus then proceeded to publicly display and expose this defeated spiritual foe and his defective wares to the hosts of heaven. And it not only says that, but it says it was made a show of them openly. Everybody say openly. Openly is the Greek word parisia, and it means with boldness and confidence. So by using this word parisia, Paul declares that what the heavenly party and celebration, what it looked like, it was not a quiet affair. On the contrary, Jesus boldly, confidently, and loudly exposed and displayed this now defunct foe to the heavenly host. Make no mistake about it. When Jesus made a show of them openly, it was not a quiet moment in heaven. Come on, somebody. Jesus made the display of these defeated enemies and their defective wares openly. It was put on show. He wanted to know they're completely defeated. We're going to carry them through and show you how defeated they are. The kingdom of Satan is completely done with. And I just want you to imagine this. After the finished work of the cross, he descends to the lower places. He conquers the devil completely, strips him of all of his power. Everybody say completely. Not only that, he kicks the devil's tail so bad that the enemy is left with nothing to retaliate. Then Jesus proceeds to make a public display of the, and expose the enemy in heaven. And in my mind, it looks something like this. He's walking through heaven. He's showing him that he is 
all-powerful, almighty. And he's saying, I've paid my dues time after time. I've done the sentence but committed no crime. And bad mistakes, you've made a few. Hit it. completely defeated but you're scared of him (gasps) I didn't know why I had children these teenagers what they face today I'm so afraid of the enemy he is stripped completely naked and made a fool of but somehow he's come in and he's convinced you he still has power over you how could somebody have kids and raise them in a world like this. That's what you believe. And doubt has set in. And you're thinking about quitting. When the truth is, is that Satan is completely defeated. Come on, play the song one more time. This is what it looks like in heaven. I've had my Come on. that we as the church believe. The exchange, we believe in the finished work, okay? And we stand on that. Now, I'm telling you here this morning, you came this morning, you were thinking about quitting, but all of a sudden you realize that we're the champions. Faith has come in and taken place where doubt was. And you're like, man, I was afraid of that stinking... The devil has no power. He can't make you sick. He can't make your kids sick. He can't come in and crush your life. We have the power. Amen? Amen. So how do you get faith? You get a word from God. You hear God. But we said it's not just faith. You got to have works. Now, faith, we we talked about that. And the definition of dead faith in the scriptures in James chapter 2 verse 17 is faith without works. That's dead faith. Everybody say dead faith. So you see, you have faith, but if you don't have works, then you really don't have faith. Like if you just say, yeah, I have faith, I believe in God, but you don't have works, then all you really have is dead faith. You see, the proof, everybody say the proof. The proof of faith is works. And that's what James is telling us. If a person says they just have faith, but they don't have works, then the faith is dead. So check this out. Let's go back to the scripture and the story. First Chronicles chapter 14, verse 13. Then the Philistines once again made a raid. So David goes in, kicks their tail. 
at Mount Bell, which is now called Bell has been broken through and everybody knows it that walks through there. They tuck their tails and they run. They get some more of their friends and they're like, you know what, we need revenge. We're going to go back and we're going we're gonna to bring a huge resistance. And so they come back. Therefore, verse 14, David inquired of God again. Whoa. So when you need faith, how do you get faith? Get a word from God. He does it again, right? But listen to what God says this time. He inquired of God and God said to him, this time, you shall not go up after them. Circle around them and come upon them from the front of the mulberry trees. Everybody say mulberry trees. This is really weird. (laughs) And it shall be. Listen how weird it gets. This is God's word to him. So go down by the mulberry. Don't take them head on. That worked last time. It's like, God, what? Let's just take them. Pow, just give us the victory. He goes, no, we're doing it different this time. You remember the mulberry trees? Do I remember the mulberry trees? Yeah, I think I remember the mulberry trees. Okay, this is what he says. Circle around. Get down there by the mulberry trees. This is what God says. And when you hear a sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then go to battle. For God is going out before you and strike the camp of the enemies. When you hear the sound of marching in the tops of mulberry trees, because everybody knows what that sounds like, God. (laughs) Pastor Kevin says sarcastically. I'm trying to make a point right here, because we're talking about faith and works. Let Let me tell you what I'm trying to make, the point I'm trying to make. I think David, obviously, he, he, he says, okay, God, whatever you say. Faith, he got a word from God. The first one worked. Okay, not this way. So he gathers all of his army around. He goes, all right, I, I heard from God. And the generals who had been there with him fought for him with a long time. were like, all right, David's got the word of the Lord. Let's listen. He's like, this is what God says. Remember those mulberry trees? Yeah, yeah, I remember those. We're not going to hit them. We're going to go around circle, and we're going to wait until we hear a sound marching in the top of the mulberry trees. And then I'm going to say, attack, and we're going to do it. And I'm sure the, uh, the generals are like, oh, okay, that's weird. But we've been with David for a long time. That's the word of the Lord, and we're going to do it. Most of the army probably went, David has lost his mind. <laughs> Nobody knows what that sounds like. I've never been in a forest and be like, oh, it sounds like a bunch of people marching up in the top of the trees. My point is this, it took faith for them to be able to do what God was having to say for them to do, for them to achieve what God said. It not only takes faith, but it takes obedience because you're not always going to understand what God is saying. Let me give you another definition of works, obedience, okay? That's what works is, obedience. In other words, when God tells you to do something and you get the word, that's the moment you have faith. And even if you don't understand it, do it. Obey it. Do what God says. Another definition of faith and works is pray and obey. Faith, works, pray, obey. Inquire of God. But then when God speaks to you, you've got to follow through and do it. If you don't, there won't be any breakthrough. Listen, just because God says it's going to happen doesn't mean it's going to happen. God has decided to partner 
with us. And so what starts to happen is David would have said to God, that's crazy. I, I don't understand. Why can't we just, you know, do it the same way that we did it before? And God says, listen, you may not always understand what I'm asking you to do in this moment, but just pray and obey. And if you do what I'm telling you to do, there is going to be a breakthrough. In Matthew chapter 7, it's the last thing that Jesus teaches about faith and works. And he says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, what are we talking about? We've been talking about how do you get faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. So he says, when you hear the word of the Lord, he says, and you do them. So here we see faith and works. You don't just hear, you pray and you obey. He says, when you hear these things and do them, I liken them to a wise man who wants to be a wise man. I do, who built his house on the rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded upon the rock. But he says, everyone who hears these sayings of mine will be talking about getting faith. Faith comes to you. But listen, it has to be faith and works. And he says, so a person who hears but doesn't obey will be a foolish man. Who wants to be a fool? Not me. He says, will be a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and they beat on the house, and it fell and great was its fault. I want you to notice that he's talking to believers there. Both hear the word of the Lord. Both are in church. Both are getting the word of the Lord. It's not enough just to get faith. Once you get the word of the Lord, then you have to do it. And if you do it, I'm telling you, you put faith and works together. You pray and obey. That's how we're going to get through and break through to new levels of life in our marriages. Break through to new levels in life in our finances. Break through to new uh, levels of life in our relationships with our children. Amen? Amen? I mean, you don't just pray and say, oh, God, we're in so much trouble. Get us out of debt. And then all of a sudden you get out of debt. No, you pray and you say, God, what's the word for my finances? And God says, listen, I'll give you my word. You need to cut back on your spending. You need to make a budget. Once you start to make a budget, you need to stop robbing me. And you also need to put me first in your finances. And if you hear his word and you don't do it, you're a fool. But if you hear his word, you pray and you obey, you obey and you say, God, I've never done this before and I don't understand it because my parents didn't do this and their parents did this. But you know what? I'm going to step out in faith. Guess what? You're going to get out of debt. You're going to break through to new levels in life that you've never known before. Your family has never known before. And so there's such a thing also as dead works. We said, what's dead faith? It's faith without works. But listen, there's also such a thing as dead works. And Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 talks about dead works. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 says this, How much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit have offered himself without spot? Cleanse your conscience from dead works. Everybody said dead works. The definition of dead works is works without faith. We've talked about that. But let me tell you what, what dead works is. Dead works is anything that God doesn't initiate. I feel like there's a lot of Christians running around trying to do a lot of stuff. And they're like, okay, I'm works. Works, 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 works. And you're just running around chasing your tail. You can have dead faith, and that's faith without works. You can also have dead works. And that's anything that God doesn't initiate. So we have to be careful to pray. You've got to have the faith first, right? You get faith, and then you obey what God says. Let me, let me give you in closing, <clears throat> this is the last thing I'm going to say. I asked the, uh, the worship team to come up here. I'm going to tell you a, 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 a very powerful story about exactly what I'm talking about. 
We're talking about praying and obeying, right? Faith and works. So we're talking about breaking through to new levels. You're not, a going, you're not always going to understand what God asks you to do. And I have a friend who, he's an evangelist. He was invited by a church. Uh, he had a very good relationship with this church. And he was going to speak on a Sunday morning. When he got there, the pastor said, man, it's good to see you, old friend. Um, I want to let you know before you, you preach this morning and share the word that God's put in your heart, we're really excited because there's a young lady She's, uh, I think she was like 22 years old, and he said uh, she's been raised up as a missionary, and uh, for the last year, she's raised all of her finances, and we're about to send her off into God's will for her life. The church is really excited. He says, what we're going to do is I'm going to speak a little bit about her. We're going to bring her up. This is all going to happen before you minister. I'm going to bring her up, and he said, we're going to call the elders of the church. We're going to lay hands on her, and we're going to send her out. We're going to pray for her, and I was wondering, would you please help us do that? He goes, oh, that would be my honor, man. I love this church. And, and, uh, and I, I've seen that young lady raised up in this church. Man, this is, this is a great day. So we're talking about you've got to pray and you've got to obey. Well, my friend was telling me, he said, there in the service, all of a sudden in the worship, my, my heart became very heavy. And he said, over the years, I've decided I, I never want to just pray uh, a prayer that's just really doesn't mean anything. I want to pray God's heart. And he said, so I said, God, whatever you ask me to say, I'll say it. Just put it on my heart. When I open my mouth, I'm going to speak it over this young lady. So worship's over. They call. Oh, man, aren't we excited about this young lady? Woo-hoo. And the church is like, yeah, she's going into God's will for her life, man. Missionary work. This is what God called her to. And everything's going great. He said, I'm going to ask for the, the elders. I'm going to ask our evangelists to come up here. And they come up there. And they all lay hands on her. And he put his hand on this, this young woman. And what he heard in his heart was these words. I hate mommies and daddies. And it, it, it shocked him. He said, oh, man. He, in, his, in his mind, he thought, I know I'm out in my flesh. This is... An awesome opportunity to speak God's will over this woman. And God, that's, that's crazy. I'm sorry about that, Lord. Um, what do you want me to say? And he heard in his spirit, I hate mommies and daddies. He said, God, that's not your plan. That's, that doesn't even line up with the word of God. We're supposed to honor our fathers and our mothers. I can't say that. And he put his hand on her one more time and God said, say it. He said, Kevin, I didn't know what to do. I knew. I knew that it was God telling me to say it, but it just didn't make any sense. I didn't understand. I had prayed, and now it was time to obey. And he said, I opened up my, my voice very loudly, and I said, The Lord says, I hate mommies and daddies. And the lady started to weep and cry uncontrollably. She fell on the floor in the fetal position, rocking back and forth. And we said, oh God, what's going on? What's happening? The elders were looking at him going, what did you do? Why did you say that? And he, he said, I knew that God wanted to do a work in our life. So he put his hands on her and he just started to pray in the spirit. God, give me the words. Pray your perfect will. She screamed uncontrollably. 
it was very uncomfortable. About five minutes into this, a piece fell over this young lady. And she got up with tears in her eyes. And she looked at him and she said, How did you know? How did you know? He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. What, what's happening? All I know is I had to say God hates mommies and daddies. And she said, When I was a little girl, I had an uncle that lived with us. And my parents would leave and they would leave me in care of my uncle. And he would walk into the room and he would sexually molest me. And he would rape me over and over. And he called it a game called Mommies and Daddies. He'd walk in the room and say, let's play mommies and daddies. And she said, I've held on to that for years and years. She said, I almost didn't even go into the mission field because how could God allow this to happen? And I just never understood. And she said, when I was on the floor, I got a picture. And I saw that that was never a part of God's plan and he didn't allow that to happen but this man was taking advantage of me and he said and I saw Jesus and he was crying and he didn't want it to happen and he said as I was I was as I was there I saw Jesus come over to me and lay his hands on me and he said I'm restoring to you your innocence I'm restoring to you love Listen, I don't know what you're going through this morning. I just know that all of us are going through something. We're all thinking about quitting something. Doubt has set in in different places of our lives. And this morning, God is bringing a message to you, and he's saying, you're not doing something wrong. You're doing something right. Get a word from me for whatever you're going through this morning. Apply that to your life. Step out. Faith is there, and he's saying, now... Step out and do in faith. Pray and obey. Be completely obedient to what I'm asking you to do. You may not understand it. You may say, I don't understand, God, what you're asking me to do. It may sound as silly as, wait for the sound of soldiers marching to the top of the mulberry trees. But I urge you this morning, do whatever he says. If God's saying, you need to go and you need to forgive that person, or you need to, to whatever he's saying, no matter how hard it is, Step into what God's plan. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet this morning. God's plan right now. We're in a season. I'm telling you, we're in a season. Everybody say now. Now is the time of breakthrough. Everybody say now. Now is the, is the time for breakthrough. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I just want to pray over you this morning. Lord, now is the time for breakthrough. And Lord, many of your people came here this morning and this is their word for you, God. And I thank you for restoring faith. I thank you for giving a word to your people, Lord God. And I could see it, Lord, even, even as the word was being uh, 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 preached, Lord, I could see your people starting to set up more and, 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 and starting faith starting to rise up inside of them. Lord, right now, I, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would give them a specific word 
Lord, there's been a general word uh, this morning and, and that faith has risen. But Lord, right now, I speak in, in, in marriages, relationships, for, for in finances, Lord, in relationships with children, Lord God, in, in the places of the depths of our soul where we've been hurt, Lord, the places that we're facing resistance this morning. Just give us a word, Lord God, right now. Speak to your people. Speak to your people right now in the name of Jesus. not going to quit. God, we're not going to leave. You're speaking right now, Lord, you, to, to somebody that it's, you have, you're facing resistance. It's not because you've been doing something wrong. It's because you've been doing something right. Keep on going. Keep on going. In the name of Jesus, keep on going. And Father, I thank you that with that faith, when we get that word from you, that faith arises inside of us, Lord God, and it's more than enough for us to step in and make a choice into obedience, into working that thing out, Lord God, to see your breakthrough, to see your kingdom come and your will be done. And so right now, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your power. We thank you that we are the champions. We thank you that the, that the enemy has been so stripped of his authority, of his power and dominion, that he doesn't even have anything with him to retaliate now. He's a defeated foe. We are the champions, and if we don't quit, we can't lose. It's a fixed fight. I speak that over your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Exchange Church Podcast. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for the Exchange Church Houston. If you would like to give to the Exchange Church, you can go to our website at IamTheExchange.com and look for the red button in the top right corner labeled Give Online.